You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 49 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wonton, or simply just Anton. And on today's episode, um, a friend of mine from my childhood, uh, a little over half of my life, so being 90, that puts us about 45, 50 years of knowing each other, um, my dear friend, Moonju Choi, or Michelle, uh, as I knew her growing up, um, she is a PhD candidate, almost done with her PhD, her dissertation. So she will be a uh, doctor in epidemiology very shortly. Um, you know, a lifelong literature analyst, a lifelong weeb, and a Korean American who brings a lot of deep perspectives of culture and identity to. Um, just a lot of things that we consume. I think we've both been very self-aware and cognizant of what that means um, over the past decade or so um, in the 2010s as cultural identity um, you know, became very important as far as being a millennial and just being a person um, growing up in an expansive world where you know we're starting to be far more connected. And all of this in celebration of Big Bang. So we get into some deep conversation on still life um, a Big Bang discussion, history, um, and all the symbolism that the song and music video represented. Um, and also just a reflection of what Big Bang means to us. And kind of the parallel journeys of you know, people um, in our same age bracket. You know, what it means to transition at different points in our lives. And now kind of reflect and be a bit older. But still understanding that... Um, the story is not over. The story has yet to be told. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Coming up, my chat with Michelle Moon on Still Life by Big Bang on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions on this special edition, Big Bang Retrospective, um, someone who I've known over half of my life. Uh, she is about to complete her dissertation from Cal Berkeley, soon to be PhD in epidemiology, longtime literature analyst, anime weeb, and Korean American, uh, my friend since eighth grade, the one and only Michelle Munju. Choi, welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? Known you for far too long. Over half your life, so like over half our life, so like 30 years. I'm 90, so that's roughly 50 years. Roughly 50 years. Nothing. Yeah. Right, no. You're right. We're 90. Yeah, we've, so. we've seen a lot. Um, we've seen yeah. several world wars. Um, didn't think I'd mm -hmm. see another one. Um, mm -hmm. And we saw the we, first pandemic. The first, well, I, I think we were around for the Spanish flu. I can't be particularly certain. It's a little hazy. Um, but we were also back for Big Bang, which we didn't think that was ever going to happen. So another, no, another not in uh, our lifetimes life event. Um, mm -hmm. But you had a long storied history with this group. You have literally grown up with them. Um, we are in all in all reality about the same age as the group members. So we have gone through very similar. Um, formative years and 
challenges as the groups, right? Uh, but tell me about your origin story. When did you find them? When did you first start listening to them? And then when did you first start to really internalize what their music represented? Yeah, so <clears throat> I kind of grew up with K-pop with like when HOT's Candy came out, I had some like older friends, you know, who like were really into it. Um, and it, it kind of like dipped in and out of like K-pop, right? Um, but with Big Bang, I like remember when they first came out, They their song Lies, it wasn't on their first album, but it was, I think it was like their first big hit. Um, with like that really dramatic like music video with Jeannie's hair all like crazy and him running around everywhere and looking really sad. And so that like came out when I was in high school or like I don't remember, but like it didn't really register because before that, like my one true love group was Xinhua. And um I still love them so very much. Um and yeah, but you know, that's kind of the funny thing with Shinwa and Big Bang, and you kind of touch on this. Shinwa, like growing up to me, they were always older than I am. HOT members they were always older than I am. And so for me, it was like holding up this mythological kind of like, oh, but like, you know, they were like, you could say that, but like you're saying, the Big Bang members are like, the Korean word for it is Tonga, we're the same age. And so because we're Tonga, it kind of felt a bit more like I was growing up with them. Um, maybe the first artist where you kind of, I kind of started feeling that was with Boa. Because like in middle school, I think she's like a year older than we are. Um, and I just remember like a lot of my friends who are like more into K-pop would like talk about her, but like they would shit on her. But you know it was out of jealousy, right? Because she's this K-pop star. We're the same age. And here we are working on, like, our goddamn algebra homework. And we know that Boa's, like, selling out concerts in, like, Tokyo and Seoul. You know? And so, like, there was this weird kind of, like, growing up with them. Um, so, but back to Big Bang. I think I, like, really got into them um, after I moved away from LA uh I was there for grad school round one and um so that was around 2012-2013 um my roommate at the time was going through like a really bad breakup so she would listen to Fantastic Baby on loop without without headphones on as you do to make yourself um, feel like a bad bitch like I mean I almost smothered her in her sleep a few times because like put on some fucking head like and that was the thing with at the time too like i knew who big bang was i just thought to myself like their music isn't really for me i was more into like 2 p.m or you know their sexier version 2 a.m you know like all of that and so like i was more into that i was more into like ballads and the r&b and so like the fantastic baby yeah <laughs> like i was i couldn't really like get into you know and so in a way that kind of repels me from them because I was like, this bitch is listening to it all the time. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, you know, but, um, afterwards it like popped up on my radar again. And it was at a very interesting time in my life where I then left. I was very religious. I like left that I was like, 
um, had just graduated with the master's and I was looking for a job. I was, you know, it was just a lot of changes all at once. And Big Bang kind of came into my life at that time. And they had just, um, they had, no, they didn't have, they didn't release an album quite yet. So like in 2016 is when they started slowly releasing the Made album, right? Um, by the M-A-D-E, like each, each one had like two or three songs on it. And so that was my real, like following up with them in real time. Um, so like 2015, 2016. And it was during that time that I really started to like listen to a lot of their music, like going back. So I listened to like Lies, Haru Haru, and, um, you know, some of like GD's singles um, and all of that. And um, just like reconnecting with a lot of these older K-pop sounds that uh, made me feel very nostalgic for like, H.O.T., Xinhua, you know, Flight of the Sky, like, all of these other groups that, um, it was, like, a secret hobby that I, like, kind of like how, you know how, like, anime is popular now, you and I have talked a lot about this, like, we liked it when it came out of social cost, (laughs) like, I also, like, liked K-pop when it came out of social cost, you know, and not to gatekeep it, not to whatever, but, like, truly to like it was like you being kind of a weirdo like why couldn't you just like little Wayne or you know and it's like oh I guess I like him too but I also like this thing you know but um I, I kind of was allowing myself permission to get back in touch with a lot of those younger sounds those like early aughts of k-pop late 90s of k-pop um yeah just like being my feelings um yeah, and then the Made album then coming out, I was getting out of a relationship and was, you know, those feelings and a lot of Big Bang's music is love, relationship, lost love, um, longing. Um, and they have some party bangers, for sure. They have some fuckboy songs, for sure. Um, and so the Made album kind of came out at that time and it also came out at a time where we all knew among VIP Nation that they were all going to leave for the army. And so, you know, it made us kind of like savor uh, that album that much more. And I actually did get to go to a Big Bang concert um, and watch them perform live, and they were fantastic. Baby. Um, amazing storied history and connection you've had with the group. Um, I think you said some really resonant things about growing up with the group and not really understanding and seeing how it's k-pop specific right i mean i think for most of children and most of young people we don't really have differentiators as we're growing up with what we consume whether it's k-pop or things we watch cartoons um i couldn't tell you it was anime when i was watching dragon ball z and pokemon growing up i thought it was cool cartoons it's not until you get older that you start to see these categorizations and kind of these delineations um for better or worse i think sometimes it's really cool to fall into a specific fandom that you can connect with other people with but like you said social cost and we've talked about this um many times um <laughs> not on podcasts so we probably should do a podcast special on the social cost of what it means to uh, have fandom at different eras in uh history yes but um i think there is a shaping of personality and character of who we are that now we associate with the group that we've gone through you specifically yeah. um with big bang 
growing up with them. Uh, what's the Korean word that you used earlier? Oh, uh, tonggap. Tonggap. Same age. Same age. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is a shared history, a shared growing up experience, coming of age experience. Mm-hmm. I think has resonated with so many people um, with regards to Big Bang and um, you know their impact on K-pop. For me, um, it was in 2012 when my coworker, I think you've met her, Abigail. Um, yeah. She loves Big Bang. She loves K-pop and she was just all about it for so long. But the thing that really like drove it home for me was that GD and Missy Elliott were like homies, our homies. They're like tight. Fuck yeah. Right? Fuck yeah. Um, they they feature on not music videos at first, but on different ad campaigns together. I thought that was extremely mm. interesting that like fashion uh, from different cultures was coming together in the United States. That's how I saw it. And then uh, Coup d'etat came out. Um, and that was a Fuck mix yeah. of so many things that were so familiar to me. So um, the very first song, uh, Coup d'etat, is uh, produced by Diplo and Bauer. At that time, mm-hmm. like the biggest like trap EDM DJs um, and yeah. producers still, still in the background of a lot of music today that I don't think people are aware of. But Diplo and Bauer, check them out mid-2010s. Um, and then Miss Elliot has the song. Um, I don't want to mispronounce it, so I won't. It's track number two um, on the album. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Um, be a bit mispronunciation. <laughs> yes, I, I'm not going to mispronounce it, but please check it out. Um, and then from there, it kind of snowballed into this idea of, wow, this is more than K-pop. This is not Girls' Generation. I knew Girls' Generation. I loved Girls' Generation. Um, I just was not exposed or even open to the idea that K-pop could be this. Um, and it resonated with me in the sense that, yes, GD is similar in age to me. So we are kind of growing up similarly and seeing the world through a similar type of prison, prism. Um, because, again, like there are just so few representations of Asian people in culture and media. So for me, finding anyone that kind of looked a little bit like me, being super successful, revered, um, essentially in this glory days, was just kind of an incredible um, attaching experience, right? Um, and then, you know, ups and downs of just being a fan in and out of different genres of music and interests. Um, I think it's fair that I have not been a K-pop fan, like diehard, like for the past 15 years. I think I'm up and down with it. Um, honestly, only because of the pandemic and just like recent events have I been able to super focus on K-pop, which is great because now I've found like a community of people who are experiencing things at different points in their life different ages, different stages, right? And with still life, I think it comes at a really curious time where K-pop has become this internationally accepted um, entity where people now are not saying it's just Korean music. It's how are these um, entertainers, influencers, idols, musicians, however you want to um, label it, um, how are they now integrating into the rest of the world, into the rest of the economy and um, the rest of social consciousness, right? And for Big Bang to come in, where a lot of K-pop fans um, who are now just getting into K-pop um, over the past two or three years may not have been, not may not have even been born yet when yeah. GD debuted or started training, right? Um, and right. It, it's, I think there is a social responsibility for certain outlets, for certain people who talk about K-pop on the internet um, to pay reverence and to you know celebrate them. Um, I want to shout out the main show, Soju Talk. Doug, Warren, and Anita um, this week talked about the song Still Life, and they paid so much reverence, so much celebration to them. Um, 
that I hope that people will go and listen to them, that maybe if you're unfamiliar with Big Bang, that you will give them a chance because I think there is um, something to be said about holding on to elements of your history of where music and art come from and how it's evolved and changed, which mirrors and parallels their journey and their story specifically here in still life. So Moon, Michelle, um, what are your first impressions? What are your thoughts on still life? Big Bang's triumphant return. God. Um, I mean, let's just address the elephant in the room first. Uh, Sung Lee is no longer a part of the group. In fact, he's no longer a part of the industry. Um, I, for one, uh, I think read all about the thing and then it just kind of like my brain wiped it. I just know allegations of sex trafficking and rape and you know and that there are some accounts where he didn't do the rape himself and so that makes him not as bad um sex trafficking is pretty bad uh and korean korean culture is um incredibly misogynistic and um i forget which index but there is an index that like measures misogyny and um korea if you were to list all the countries in the world like comes in pretty bad on that index in terms of misogyny, like top five, you know? So let's, with, with that background in mind, you know, um, like seriously, buxingly for doing that. And I might, I might come under heat for it for, from some like diehard, like, you know, VIPs and I get it. It's very emotional, but like, what's up? Sunli wasn't even supposed to be a part of the group. He like begged the CEO and then they made it, you know? All that to say, um, they trained together. They even made a documentary about being trainees and how they got, you know, to where they are. And if you want to check that out, I think it's on YouTube. Um, it's incredibly emotional. It's incredibly intense. And I think it really shows, like, oh, I mean, they came up at a time when, sorry, I'm delving back into history. I'll get back to still life in a second. I'm just trying to, like give a little bit of context about why I feel the way I do, um, there were tears. But, like, like they came up at a time when there weren't a lot of legal protections for, like, trainees. And I remember in that documentary, I think it was GD, who said, like, we, we are growing boys, or we were growing boys, and we were given a budget on how much food we can eat. Because... Like, YG is just trying to get a good ROI, you know, on their trainees. And so they're not going to shell out a shit ton of money for them to, not not even amount of money for these growing boys to be able to, like, feed themselves. So they said sometimes they would, like, go to bed just starving. Um, and so they went through all of this together. And they were coming up at a time when the K-pop industry was known to be particularly brutal um and particularly cold and unfeeling toward um essentially children like adolescents and children all that said um singly was also is also was also the youngest of the five and so they were all really like young's to him right young older brother um and i think they all felt really protective of him in that way and so and like, ultimately, yeah, he wasn't the best singer, um, but he had a lot of charisma. He carried a lot of charisma for the group. He, you know, kind of brought the flirty playboy kind of 
though in retrospect that's not a good look uh given what he was sentenced to prison for but um so you know we're coming into this knowing that there's this absence in the group and then comes the question of like is there just going to be this gaping void or are they going to fill that in somehow i mean when the big bang group was created the four of them without Sydney, um they kind of had worked everything out, you know, like Tang would be the vocals, GD would be the group leader and he could do vocals, but uh, raps and then Tezong, like our valid voice. And then T.O.P., you know, he does the, the rapping and all of that. And so it's just kind of like, okay, I guess like without Sydney, like they, they would have been fine. Um, but you can't help but feel sad coming into it they lost somebody you know they're grieving like of course regardless of how they feel about what he did and whatever it's like if your own family member you know were to go to prison or something like that for something atrocious like you still miss them and you still love them and they're allowed that room to grieve that doesn't make them bad people and if you know you're missing somebody in the group that doesn't make you a bad person like there is a way to separate like your love and affection for someone and just kind of your disgust and, you know, condemnation of like the bad things they did. So I was coming in with all of those feelings and all of those emotions. Um, and so the way the, the muse, so I, I kind of wish I would have listened to the song first before watching the music video. Um, and I might've formed some different opinions, but the music video is just so lush and beautiful. And even if you don't speak Korean, even if you don't know what they're saying, there is this very sad feeling to the song. And, you know, it's called Still Life, but in the Korean, it says poem, yodum, uh, so that's spring, summer, fall, winter. Um, and... You know, each one is designated a certain one. Taeyang, of course, is spring because his voice sounds clear like a bird singing in the spring. And then GD is summer. Um, no idea why, but he is. And then Taeyang is fall, it seems like. And then T.O.P. is winter. And, you know, the, the first thing that really struck me was that the song itself, like, it's not mind-blowing. It's not like, it's not like a Big Bang, like, banger right it's not like i don't know it's it's like a super mellow song like the arrangement is pretty simple the vocals aren't like insane or anything like that nobody is like really belting anything out um and then even like with tang and Tezong, like neither one of them are like testing the limits of their vocal abilities right and to me that was like this is just a show of their mastery. They have nothing to prove. They're already kings of K-pop. They know it. Um, we know it. You know, they have nothing to prove. And so for them, this was, it felt like this very intimate, like, hey, we're back, you know? Um, and what struck me was the way they talk about so the whole song is just kind of talking through the seasons, but it's more of a canvas for them to talk about kind of this looking backwards and this um, 
longing for their younger days and this feeling of inevitability that they can't go back and that they're forced to march forward. Um, and that's kind of like what it is with the seasons, right? And what is what the way it is with time. Um, it's, it's relentless. It just marches forward. You can't go backwards. You can long as much as you want, but the four seasons will always go through like spring, summer, fall, winter, right? Um, and so there was that, that overwhelmingly sad feeling. And um, in the music video, you'll also notice that every time they sing, they are never in frame with anybody else, with one exception. And I think it kind of talks to, is maybe a, a hint at the fact that Big Bang has come together after, you know, the four of them have served in the military. Um, which is once again another thing. It's that's like another like rite of passage from boyhood to manhood too. You know, in Korea, like you go through your mandatory military service, right? And so, like in that way, yeah, they're also leaving their behind. But from where they were, from their very first album to where they are now, like musically, they've changed so much. And each individual member is also they're all just so different from each other. And, like, T.O.P. did not renew his contract with YG, whereas the three of them did. But he said, like, I'll still be here with the group, you know? But he just has different interests now, and he's just, you know, saying, like, I don't really want to keep living the life of an idol. And I get it. You're, like, a fucking 35, 36-year-old. Like, of course you don't want to do that, right? Like, of course you don't want to keep singing about heartbreak and longing and, oh, my God, are you cheating me? Um... I, I totally get it. Or you like Taeyang and just, you know, pretend like your old songs don't exist. Only look at me. <laughs> Hello, I like that song a lot. I'm sorry. Um, go on, <laughs> go on. Um, and so, you know, it's, so that that was my first impression of, of the song. And you'll, you know, and I, and I think that they probably, not probably, 100% have talked about what does our group mean now that Sunni is not here. And you really feel that in the music video, like you see all of these, um, all of these like signifiers of that there are only four of them, right? There was one part where Taesong is like getting his picture taken with his hair over his eyes, which is pre-military Taesong. Um, and like, you know, it says 12, 3, 6, and 9. There are only like four numbers, right? And the four empty chairs and then the four flowers. And then they're just... So many saying there are only four of us now, but at the very end of the music video, they have the five lines that they had for made, indicating that they still think of themselves as Sunni being a part of the group, you know? Um, and so, I mean, you lose 20% of the group, then, oops, my camera popped up. You, you lose 20% of the group, and it makes you wonder, like, are we even big bang anymore yeah. you know um yeah yeah no you went in deep with it with everything um let's let's kind of unpack some of that so um yeah know you didn't mention kind of the way that it made you feel and kind of the history that the song all has right for yeah. me um i think the number four definitely has a lot to do with the symbolism and just the way it's framed um i think mm -hmm. four is just um, again with the seasons the more things change yeah. the more they stay the same um, for me, it's a lot about the arrow of time always pointing forward and wanting to hold back and try to 
kind of look at your past and look at your glory days. I think there's a lot of um, similar experiences, similar emotions that all four scenes, all four members have throughout the music video, but experienced very differently. Um, what I wanted to ask from you as far as the lyrics, um, each member has a different composition of lyrics, speaking specifically to their own experiences over the past 20 years. Um, I kind of wanted yeah. to go over some of them with you. So sure. let's, let's start with Tang. Um, he opens and closes the song, right? Um, for some reason, my brain always goes to eyes, nose, lips, opens, closes. I don't know. My, my brain. I, just, I love the way he sings. I love his voice. Um, but he paints an emotionally vivid picture. His lyrics specifically come across far more vividly poetic than any of the other members. Being a native Korean speaker, hearing it in Korean and then, you know, translating it in your brain, however um, it happens. Um, did those... Oh, how, how did it translate for you as far as, you know, being bilingual? And was that the same interpretation you got matching kind of the visual aspects of the music video? Um, well, I think I think the translation, especially the one that you see on YouTube in the captions are pretty good. Um, I so my current Korean pronunciation is like pretty good and conversationally I can like carry it well, but I have the vocabulary of like a first grader. And so um, I did have to look up some of the, a lot of the definitions of words and stuff. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think it did a, a great job. Um, and, you know, and that's also kind of why I said that the four seasons, the whole seasons thing is more of a canvas or a backdrop on which they use to talk about their relationship to their past selves and kind of you know, alluding to their future selves and how they're looking forward. Um, GD's uh, part actually is very classic GD. He um, he keeps um, this wordplay, not really wordplay, but this like he keeps the same sound. Right. Part, like means maturity, but I think he's um, also introducing other words that have that sound. And marching, right? That sound. Um, and then talks about Vivaldi, and then brings in Tchaikovsky for some reason. And I was like, why is he bringing in Tchaikovsky? But it's because of that sound, right? And so That's so GD. That is so GD. Is Holy very cow. Yeah, yeah. He loves the wordplay. He loves, you know, um in in that in its own way is also really poetic because when you listen to it there is this like rhythmic flow to it even if you're like why are you mentioning Tchaikovsky? Like, oh, that's why <laughs> just for the sound. Um but I yeah, like lyrically, yeah. the context of it doesn't make sense in English, but because mm -hmm. you're you have to listen to it as a Korean speaker, so it's more about yeah. the sound and tones and intonations. Yeah, right. yeah, and I mean, so much meaning and emotion is carried even through that. Um, and yeah, so the the one unifying theme through all of it is this, like. Oh, the the part where Taesong says like Chong So like the literal translation of that is like my younger self that I've gotten so fond of 
like now we have to say goodbye it's like even looking at themselves like and this is i don't know if you noticed this or if other like vips have noticed this each one of them had three outfit changes except top because he's whatever he is what he is and so um but if you if you count him taking the mask off <laughs> as an outfit change and him having that weird shark mask on as the third outfit change they all go through three outfit changes and maybe i'm reading into it too much but like their first outfits look like kind of what they wore in their like early 2000s mid 2000s you know and then it's the outfits that they throwback right that this oh, makes for you feel sure. like you're in the year 2000 yeah for 100%. sure tan like all denimed out like what a strong opener and then you know and then their second outfits are kind of what you what we're familiar with, what we know that they would wear, right? Like what we've seen them wear in concert and stuff. Like and the then the third outfit changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the fashion mm-hmm. kind of shifted in that sense. Yeah. And they became like really weird fashion wise, but like kind of interesting. And then their third outfit changes are very modern, like especially Tesong's like oversized white blazer. Uh, okay. Side note Tesong's hair looks amazing like Tezong has just become his hair now um damn he had a glow up i already thought he was a handsome man but he really had. um anyway and so it's it's just this interesting like almost like they're personifying their youth and they're kind of like kissing it goodbye and so you know we're really used to these big bang songs being about like saying goodbye to somebody or like a lover or something but they like kind of are saying goodbye to somebody suddenly number one and then also their younger selves and like they they like you know tang has that bible verse up from psalms um almost like he's talking about death and then uh yeah, i have it here if you'd like it and Tang is also incredibly religious, so yeah. checks out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if after this, he's like, I am going to go into ministry. <laughs> like, you know. Um, well, I looked into the Bible verse and stuff, too. It's 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 ites. And so, and then T.O.P. even talks about, like, so T.O.P. had a little bit of a scandal before this. Um, the dude just wants to smoke weed. All right? Like, you know what? Like come on over TLP. We can blaze up to get like somebody let this dude smoke weed. Um, he just cover weed anyway. And so he kind of like alludes to, I want to become like a better person every day because (laughs) I think he's like showing publicly, like I have learned from my mistakes. I have like contemplated on my actions, whatever, just let him toke up who cares. And so, um, but yeah, in, in every single one of their verses, even the, uh, chorus that tan sings with like g dragon like there is this feeling of longing and so um i think that comes across really well in the translation um once again i don't think the song like is that complex even lyrically it's not too complex um i like learned how to sing like the singing parts not the rap parts like within a day right and so like it's not that hard but um I think that's cyclical nature of them talking about. I mean, that's how life is too, right? So, uh, not to like get too deep with thing, but um, yeah. So that's that's how that's how it sounds to a Korean speaker. Um, 
their music video conveys it well. Their singing conveys it really well. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's yeah. really insightful to hear like the, the way that you process the lyrics and then also being able to say that for an English speaker like myself. Um, because I think, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't confirm this, but I will take your word for it that, you know, if it is fairly simple um, word choices, um, they have far more meaning because of the history of the group and what they represent, right? And I think mm -hmm. in that sense, there's an accessibility to mm -hmm. lyrics like that because it, it, I'm not sure if you listen to modern K-pop, it, it's wildin'. It, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, if you thought K-pop was crazy 20 years ago, 15 years like, ago. Like, what do you wildin'? Like, the lyrics? Or, like, the music? Yeah, or the, vibe, or the, like, the lyrics. It's maximalists. Oh. Um, they're, they're just lyric choices that are very questionable. Just put it that way. In both English and Korean, where it's just like, did, does that make sense to anyone? Um, I can't really think of any specific examples right now because there are far too many. But I will just say <laughs> there is... Um, uh, a big push just to be abstract and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't in this case where it's very um very straightforward as far yeah. as the word choices but again yeah. it's the meaning of who they are and why they're saying what they're saying right yeah um i right. think my favorite um i guess like bookend moments are death songs yeah. parts where it's the chorus um essentially the chorus um it almost doesn't feel like yeah. a chorus with the way that it's it's put together but i just really like the way that um he does talk about the different um seasons um the first yeah. one he says is uh, he's saying goodbye and in the last one yeah. um it's almost a coming to a realization of looking forward right so really yeah. nice bookend there um, and also thank you for the direct translation because i think the way that you described it is far more um, emotionally resonant than I think what was online and in the YouTube um, yeah. translation. Um, beautiful, by the way. Um, yeah, and I think what you said about uh, T.O.P. and um, his his verses was uh, is very um, uh, very pointed, right? With everything that he <laughs> went through, um, and you know he is trying to just show that he is a better person, but at the same time, it's what to what standard and what um, I guess cultural point of view and what reference point. I don't smoke weed, dude. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but he's in Korea. He has to make a living in Korea. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And stuff. But maybe I, he'll, I, maybe yeah. he'll start a career over us, uh, over on the US side. Can you imagine him and Snoop like doing a collab? I can't. I mean, there are so many Korean artists <laughs> in LA right now. Uh, T.O.P., you're very welcome here. Um, hit us up. Please. We'll hang out with Please. you. Please. I promise. Um, and then GD, I think you put it all together really well. There is one element of the music video where I feel like he has the most color and vibrancy to vibrancy. Is that a word? Vibrant nature to his set. Um, and to me, the word that always comes to mind is palette because IU. Because of IU. <laughs> I am a simp. I'm so sorry. But again, like it's still relevant because there's a lot of um, pastels in the color palette for GD. So I think the fiery summer elements really do show up for yeah. him um let's go through some of the visuals for the music video so yeah, sure. let's start with Taeyang. um he is spring with flowers on a boat um you know ready to set sail into the rest of his life my question yeah. for you is that ship that boat is stuck in the sand how do you interpret that um you know i kind of interpret it as things have kind of come to a standstill um and you know, even the, the sails look a little ragged and like the huge piece of rock where that Bible verse is etched into, like, yeah, it's almost like he's moored somewhere, like he's stranded somewhere. 
Um, and I mean, with each one of their scenes, there is a feeling of isolation, no? Like, especially T.O.P. because he's on the fucking moon. Um, literally off-world, right? He's literally off... Like, I literally, when we got to that point in the music video, I laughed out loud. And I said this motherfucker. He would. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so back to this. Uh, yeah, he's stranded. He's moored. Um, and it's almost like... It's almost like being a prisoner to these seasons. Like, a prisoner to just spring, summer, fall, winter, you know. What? That, that is... Huh. That is a new revelation on my part. A prisoner to... The cycle, right? And yeah. What? How do you break out of the cycle? Um, mm-hmm. This is jumping forward a little bit, but at the very end of the sure. video, they are walking away from their stages, their sets, their seasons, right? right? So right. Um, there, there is some symbolism there, I imagine. But let's let's get through some of the other members first, and then we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll let's put a pin in that. So uh, the next one we see is Desung. Um, he has mm-hmm. the um, essentially mirroring of two different points in his life, right? Where he, like you pointed out, um, he is taking a pre-military photo in black and white, his younger self, and then you mm-hmm. see him glowed up. Uh, very modern. I did want to shout you out for that because that outfit is something that you see today, and it's incredible. Yes. I kind of love it. Um, a lot of K-pop idols, uh, men uh, can rock it. He rocks it <laughs> as if he's just like them, and he is because he's just... He is a king among them. He is a, he's fantastic, baby. Um, how did you feel about his scenes? And you alluded to this, but let's 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 just let's just focus in on it. There are two versions of him. There's one that he's sitting in front of a television, and then there is him in present day walking away from that version of him. Um, what is your interpretation of his scene? Honestly, confused by like where is he wandering around in? Like a ghost, like a Victorian ghost that just like will not leave his haunting. I don't know. Um, I don't know where he's walking around in, but taking me to another. Okay. Um, so I, it's just like he's walking around, like he's haunting an old place of himself. Like, you know, once again, kind of comes back to places that they occupied, places that maybe they were familiar with. Um and it feels, there's this feeling of, like, maybe he's trapped in this house. You know, like, if you ever watch, like, horror movies and shit, and, like, they can't get out of the house, and they, like, go to all these empty rooms and see all of these different, like, things that are decorating it. Um, but there is a part where, and maybe this is jumping ahead a little too far in the music video, but um, after Tezong glows up to his uh, white blazer with the very broad shoulders... Um, and, and this is the part of the song where he says, um, where did it go? 언젠가 다시 올 그날 그때를 위하여. So, um, thinking about that day that will return when, uh, for, for you. So he's like dedicating this thought to a person. And this is the first time. In the song, they're referring to a to a you. They're using that pronoun, you. Um, and in that scene in the music video, you see behind Tezong, there's somebody sitting in a chair behind him. And for me, that's signifying to me. Um, he's oh. faceless. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I think Sunni is in prison right now. Um, he got a sentence reduced last I read, but he's he's serving time. And so I'm sure for them it also feels like like I have a loved one that's incarcerated too. And, you know, it's just like I'm sure there's this feeling of life not really moving on <laughs> until, you know, your loved one is back with you. But anyway, so that was no. I caught that on like my tenth watch or something. I was like, wait, who the fuck is that? Um, that's incredible um i did not even think about that at all at all my brain went to like parallelism of who he was versus who he is today um that that is amazing i think it's all there though i think it's all there it can be equally true right yeah yeah and i I think suddenly in a way also signifies for them like the way things used to be because they released that flower road single like after a couple of them left the military or something like that um and it's like not remarkable it's just like sounds like another generic ass like k-pop song um and so i think like him suddenly having gone through what he did and then of course them going through what they did because of that like in serving military time and, and everything like um suddenly in a weird way is like this very tangible marker of big bang as a group hold that because hold in. i do have something for that at the very end okay um but yes go on to our, our next member our, our favorite uh let's let's do gd let's do gd in summer uh kind of on the streets looking at posters of himself but it's an empty street um how do you feel like that represents not just um his journey as a person but how Seemingly, I think on the outside, his star did shine the brightest out of all the members. To me, oh, absolutely. Um, but now absolutely. he's coming back to this reality where he no longer is um, you know, the center of the universe in a lot of ways. Um, there are a number of other K-pop idols groups that are far more popular um, you know, with the current generation, with the younger generation coming up. Um, so I think for me, that is kind of symbolic of him walking through this empty world where he used to be this this um, glorious figure um but how do you yeah. feel like the way that he moved throughout the sets was indicative of those experiences um there's a lot of twirling there's a lot of uh hair ruffling and hair flipping um which honestly i think is very classic gd um you know and, and just like you were saying like one of the set pieces he sits on is, you know, it says, um, Kwon like, director, right? Like, a director's chair, and just, he used to be in control. And, um, I, I think it just comes to show, like, once again, they have nothing to prove. They've already, like, left their mark on K-pop. They've already, not even K-pop, they've already, like, left their mark on the world. They've, you know, already made history. They've already and so I don't you know, I don't even see it as a way of him looking at his glory days and like longing after it. I think it's like a thing of like that chapter has closed. Like I was this big K pop idol and it was, you know, um the or is he still is the leader of this group and you know all of that. But um I think we really kind of get to see him 
for who he is. Like he's, um, in his words, he describes himself as Yeminhe, sensitive. Um, and, you know, you do see him as, as a sensitive kind of like guy in, in these um, baggy clothes and crazy hair and buttons with a little Chanel brooch that, you know, costs more money than the paycheck. Um, and all of that, and he, he just looked very unapologetically himself. And I, I wonder, I wonder if he feels a sense of freedom, like, moving forward. Um, because even though a lot of what he moved through in the music video was empty, um, there was this one part that I caught yesterday that was really, uh, it, like, made me go, uh, but it's just for like a second where he like turns around and as he does that, he's facing like a dark, um, like a dark backdrop. And you just see all of these little lights come on, like the, you know, the little glow sticks or whatever with the crowns on them that they had at their, um, that they have at their concerts, um, like that. And so I was like, oh, my God, that's probably how it looked up from stage. I have one of them. <laughs> no, it's... I should have run it down for. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, he's I, I think that was very obvious that he was looking back at his career and just like all of the fucking crazy ass shows they did and just how that felt. But then it's like you're saying juxtaposed to being there alone all by himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do like your point, though, about him being free, right? It's a very freeing yeah. moment to look back at your your past, what you've accomplished, what you've done, the ups, the, the downs. Um, yeah. And it's very easy for anyone to live in regret and kind of clinging on to who they used to be. I think for right. all of the members, uh, and GD here specifically, he is content. He is good with it. Of, of all the members, yeah. he is the one to ex express himself this way, where it looks like he's wandering, but no, he's just letting himself be free. And I feel mm -hmm. like he's that person to not only physically express that, but also very artistically. Again, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to point to all the colors, uh, the long pink hair. Was, did you talk to IU, GD? Can you, can you let us know? Are you, are you guys still friends? Like, I would like to know, please. Um, Jay Park and I are still friends. You guys want to do collab with that? All right, cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think for me, I, I always connected with GD not because like I, I wanted to be him or anything, but I just felt like his music and his uh, persona was the most accessible. Weird to say because he is a kind of a fashion icon, but because he was so front facing, because he was so connected with the West, I was like, yeah, no, that that's someone who feels very similar to me in the sense that yeah, I am Asian American. I had to connect with people from the West, so. In that sense, I do have a, a uh, an extra soft spot for what GD has gone through, and also just the way that he expresses himself. Because again, he's free, and that that is just freeing for yeah. me as as a fan of his. Uh, let's move on to your favorite member, your bias, Mr. TLP, the man on the moon. Um, what are your thoughts, feelings? The moon is snowing, but because it's winter, because um, it's winter. But it's the he, coldest place, space. Yeah, but he is the one that looks the most different from the other members in the fact that um, he has short hair. He has a more modern look. It doesn't seem like he's too reflective of his past. How do you interpret what T.O.P., Mr. Top, is going through on the moon? You know what? I think... 
T.O.P. is just going to be T.O.P. Like, he's... <laughs> who knows what is going on in his brain at any moment. You know, but I think his style has always been... Weirdly, the most consistent. And during that time, always the most different from the rest of the group. And so I'm not surprised that he's doing kind of this weird, literally out of the world, like, thing in the music video. Um, he's also the one who didn't renew his contract with YG. Um, and, yeah, like, I think him... Dressing super weird is totally like he would. That's very in character. Um, and yeah, I think he just, it, it's just him being him. Like, I, I, I really like don't know what to make of it. Like, I just, I, I, I've watched this music video so many times at this point. And I just, I, I don't know what to say, what to do, what to feel. Like, that rabbit mask, I was like, why was he wearing that? And I'm like, oh, maybe it's because he was born in the year of the rabbit. Uh, probably not I don't I don't know um but in that way I think like he maybe is looking forward to leaving the group I wouldn't say the most or anything like that or not the group but like idol life um it's because you know he he's like a, a, like an up-and-coming like art collector he's like really into fashion he's into weird like furniture like if you follow his instagram like he he's just like ready to be this very grown-up person that being like a k-pop idol doesn't really allow you room to do that um and also with with t.o.p what kind of cracks me up is that like he almost didn't make the group because he just for the life of him can't dance and he like they like oh my god so he just like by the skin of his teeth made it onto the group because he practiced like extra hard and like gd would come help him and you know all of that um and you you realize that like in their music videos or especially like their music videos and also their performances after they get big you see T.O.P. just like not really trying with the dancing because <laughs> he doesn't have to but like I think that's so indicative of him like he's just ready to leave that shit behind you know like he doesn't want to want to do the dancing or anything like that like he he's do the and dancing. I think God we are ninety years old. <laughs> And, you know, even the rapping, like, his, the the one, his most recent one, Doom Dada, is, like, so different stylistically from the rest of, like, Big Bang's vibe. But I think that's the way he wants to go. He's, like, got a lot of weird shit in here, and he needs to let it out, you know? And it sounds like Doom Dada and that weird-ass music video, which is connected to Dadaism, apparently, you know, and all of that. So... That's that's what I make of it is that I, I can't really make anything of it. Yeah, no, it, it is. There is a parallel to the fact that he didn't re-up with YG. He is off world. He is the most different, I suppose, um, to to the rest of the other members in the music video. But also it does. Me personally, I did still feel a relationship, a kinship connection, um, even if all those scenes are separate to the other members. Right. That. Um, if, yeah. if they did want to do an album, if they just said, hey, we, we need you, YG, pay up, then he'd be like, yeah, 
I'll be there. Um, He'd be there because because again they're, they're, they're brothers. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think it's 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 two things, right? It's like like we said earlier, two things can be equally true. One, he could be wanting to be done with idol life because he has so many other interests outside of Korea, outside of just being an idol. But if mm-hmm. there was the right time, the right moment for Big Bang to come back, I'm sure he would be there without question. And I think yeah. It's it, again. It's all encompassing with just how this music video played out. All right. Um. Let's let's kind of get into uh, the thing I was alluding to a little bit earlier. So, um. You know, Big Bang is back. They have had a storied career. They've done so much as far as being representatives of Korea, K-pop, um, and then kind of influencing the landscape, right, of everything. But to me, what stands out the most that I feel like is just so different from, um, K-pop that I don't think k-pop has caught up with yet is the fact mm-hmm. that they're imperfect people that they have a lot of warts a lot of things um happen to them and you mentioned that sungri is a point of reference for them in so many ways whether that's their past whether that's their mistakes whether that's something they're leaving behind but also a part of their history as k-pop fans you know we like to think and we like to hope that our idols and the people that we follow and music we they that we consume are relatable um, and that are are humanized, right? But do you feel like there is a cognitive dissonance with wanting that and then the actual expectation of when an artist makes a mistake, when an artist messes up, when something out of their control is depicted in the news that then immediately uh, the discourse changes, people want to cancel them. If you don't want to cancel them, you will fight on the other side. And there's this unintended friction perhaps maybe intended friction with what it actually means to be a real person doing music um i guess another way i can rephrase this is do you feel like them being imperfect um has informed well do you do you prefer that they're imperfect like are are there other experiences so unique in k-pop that they um are, are just something that you look out for? And I don't know, what does it say about K-pop fans in general to you? Um, I mean, for me, I've always kind of hated the, even the term idol, like I've always hated that. Um, and like, the cost of being an like i i know that k-pop fans like know how grueling the training is and just like how in a way like it's not really a life to live right like the cost of fame and everything that they have like it's this really high like tang is like such a perfect example like, I remember, I think in the documentary um, of the making of the band, if you will, like, they, he says, like, yeah, we have to, like, sing songs about love and stuff, but, like, we're not allowed to date. <laughs> you know, like, I'm pretty sure that his wife was, well, I don't know, I was never caught up on the gossip, so I couldn't, couldn't easily be very, should have looked it up, but I think that his wife is, like, his first girlfriend or something like that, like, um, you know, GD's had a string of girlfriends and stuff, but, um, yeah, so just, like, I think that made it so much harder to relate to them, and the thing is that each of the members have all had their, have all had their own, um, scandals. Every single one of them has had a scandal, 
except Tan, except Tan, because he's a good Christian boy, um, I think, as far as I know. Like, GD scandal, there might have been more than I can remember, but I think that one was also associated with weed. Just like, come on over, let's blaze together, it'll be chill. Um, Taesong got in a, um, recently killed somebody in a car accident, um, and, you know, he never, he never, uh, came, he never faced any, you know, prosecution for that or anything, but, like, um, mentally, like, what does, what does that do to you, you know, he was, like, not in a good place, and, like, T.O.P. with his multiple weed charges, and then, you know, obviously some me, and so, you know, in a way that does make them more relatable, but in another, in another way, it, it just, I really pity them. Because being an idol is like being in a glass cage. Like, everybody's watching you, and, like, that expectation of perfection, I think that that's a projection that people put onto them. Because people, they're like these idealized, highly stylized, like, embodiments of beauty or masculinity or even more abstract ideas of, like, love and sexiness, you know, like these really high lofty abstractions and like the K-pop like industry, the way that they make money is to give a face to it, give a sound to it, give a taste to it. You know what I mean? And so when that expectation, when that like dream or that fantasy is shattered, like fans get so upset, I think because it makes them realize that their fantasy or their dream is exactly that rather than seeing them as people. Um, I mean, we've all fucked up so badly in our lives to certain orders of magnitude, right? Like, and so why is it that we can't, like, be understanding that T.O.P. just wants to get high? Like, why can't we be understanding that, like, if you were to believe what he said, like, he really didn't see that motorcyclist, like, already spike you know like suddenly there is no forgiveness you did a bad thing and you bad man but you know like but still like there is the whole idea behind at least certain like ideas of justice stateside and stuff is like restorative justice right like the idea that punishment alone isn't going to like not an eye for an eye. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going on a tangent here, but it's just, so that's that's just kind of the way I've always viewed K-pop. Honestly, that's why, like, with K-pop, I never really, like, participated that much in it. Because I didn't want to be a participant into this, like, idolizing of people, like, thinking that, you know, like, I'm, sh I'm, sh okay, even just seeing Big Bang, like, in concert, I was starstruck, absolutely. And I got one of, like, the floor tickets, so, like, I was just, like, 15 20 feet away from the stage you know like i was so close to them t.o.p and i made eye contact for a split second he will not remember it and so oh, he remembers it don't you worry. <laughs> well that girl looking at me yeah. weird god it haunts me in my dreams to this yeah. day um and so you know um but it's kind of like the whole, like, I'm sure I'll be completely starstruck if I, like, ever run into them. And I'm, like, trying to imagine in my head that I'll be, like, super cool and be, like, 
oh, so you used to be chubby when you were younger, huh? Ha <laughs> ha. But, like, I'm pretty sure that I'll be like, uh, and I'll, like, shit my pants, you know? But still, like, at the same time, speaking of shitting pants, like, they shit, I shit. Like, they're all, like, people like we are, you know? So, I don't know, man. I, I have a lot of mixed mixed feelings about that. Um, and, like, you're saying, like, Big Bang, I feel like, has always been fairly accessible. Like, um... Korea has a lot of variety shows, you know, and I know that they're not the only ones who've done this, and they're definitely not the first ones, because they've existed for a long time, but I don't know, like, they 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 are very likable, like, when you watch them on these shows, you can really feel the affection that they have for each other, um, and I think that's that's really what makes me coming back. Coming yeah, back. no, that that's... I mean, it's all about coming back, right? And it's all about having perspective and yeah. why you come back. I think for yeah. me, I I don't struggle with it as much anymore. I think I've done a nice job of separating myself from the general K-pop fandom and allowing people to be passionate or... Um, yeah. Uh, let's just stick with passionate. Passionate about the things that they like. Um, because, you know, they express them in their own ways. People have different uh, ways about how they want to live their life, which is totally fine. I think what I kind of saw in K-pop fandom, whether that was the extremist on Twitter, Stan Twitter, or even the generalist in certain spaces, or, or even Soju Talk. I think, um, you know, we have a very specific type of way we talk about K-pop, none of which are inherently bad. I don't think, me personally. Um, but I do think that there is a personal responsibility to, this, to say, for me at least, this is how I want to engage in K-pop. This is my lane. If you want to be there and do that, it is totally up to you. Um, so then I need to find a better way to express myself or at least surround myself with people who feel similarly than me. Not similarly in the sense of same opinion, but in expression, right? Because it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I know I sound like a teacher right now, but it's such a, it's such a simple... Uh, fundamental way of communication that I don't think is ever emphasized and people are ever able to really reflect on. Um, yeah. And again, I'm, I might be generalizing, but I think it's just way easier to state your opinion as fact as opposed to being open to a back and forth and also um, a more broad sense of how to communicate that with other people. All this to say... I do think there's a cognitive dissonance with how people expect their idols to be. And then when they are actually real people and do human things and mess up and make mistakes, there is yeah. a visceral reaction that is different than this idea of, we want you to be a person, but also a perfect person for me. Um, again, this is not to demonize anyone who you know has this passion for K-pop, but I feel like it's just something to bring up and to be self-aware of because to me, this is what Big Bang represents. They represent the imperfection of reality, of people, but with so much creative output and ability to give to the rest of the world. For me to be an analog, for them to be an analog of me, right? I think that is kind of the beauty of K-pop and that is the beauty of what Big Bang has represented. Um, final thought, um, this was kind of the, the main theme, the main um, central like, thesis word that I pulled out of uh, Big Bang, coming back in, in still life. And it's this idea of impermanence, where, you know, as much as we'd like to think that K-pop is this refined product, that what we have in the moment is, is perfect, it'll always be this way. Well, Big Bang has just shown us that life moves on, 
the arrow of time always moves forward. And yet the more things change, the more they stay the same with um, the symbolism of the four seasons. For you, how have you felt like impermanence has been a point in your life that you have reflected on, whether that's through Big Bang or in your recent memory of your personal growth as a person, as a Korean American, as an Asian American? Um, what, what, are, what are some moments that you can kind of reflect on that you would like to share as far as words of wisdom to everyone? Of impermanence? Take it, take it whatever direction you'd like. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, words of wisdom. Oh, I don't know, like, really putting me on the spot for something. But I was just here to talk about did Tism's hair look like. Well, I mean, let's talk about impermanence of Tism's hair. Um, great hair. Amazing hair on my guy. Um, but, I mean, in terms of words of wisdom, I mean, like, through, okay, let's do it through the lens of the song and just kind of on the trajectory of Big Bang and stuff. And, you know, I, I myself have been going through a lot of, like, big life changes and big life transitions. And I'm looking down the barrel pretty much of some other, you know, big life changes and stuff. And I think the song came kind of at, like, a really perfect time for that. And especially for those, like, millennials, like us, 90-year-old millennials. Excuse um, me, I am a literal baby boomer. Um, perhaps the greatest generation I did serve in World War II. So. What about the silent generation? <laughs> That's what we were called. We were the silent generation. Um, but I, I think, in especially kind of thinking about in the context of COVID kind of coming to an end, um, you know, and we're still, we're still in a pandemic. Take it from an epidemiologist. We're still in a pandemic. Um, but, um, just kind of like time does pass. And I think that there is a lot of grieving there, right? Um, especially as we're thinking about like, you know, you know, like, like what Taesong says, that line that I love, like the younger me that I've grown so fond of, it's time to say goodbye. Um, and I think, you know, as spring is blooming for us, I'm here in the Pacific Northwest and spring here is just like amazing. Everything is just bursting into color and like leaves are coming out of things that I thought were dead. And I'm just like, where are you coming from? And so it's just this very, it's, it's like this comfort at the same time of like the inevitability of nature and just time. Um, and just kind of how even during the winter months when it feels like not much is happening or like, it feels like everything is dying or whatever, like, what really happens during winter is that, like, things are dormant, right? They're saving energy for the spring when the time is right. And it's not like activity really stops. Sometimes you just can't see it. Sometimes things need to die or go away for things to be better, right? Sometimes things need to end for the individual pieces to thrive, right? Like, and, and this is like the pep talk I gave myself every day as I'm like working on my dissertation too, is just that like things will happen when they happen. Um, that doesn't mean that you shirk responsibility and you don't 
work hard for things or you don't, you know, go for your goals. But, like, spring does come. Like, the seasons know. Nature knows, right, the passage of time. And it just kind of inexorably will come. And the flowers will bloom. The leaves will grow. Regrowth. Like, it happens. Um, I think there's a lot of comfort in that rhythm with nature and kind of also as I'm staring down the barrel of a lot of life changes and stuff is a lot of like fear of things changing, a lot of excitement, but also just like, yeah, like have to say goodbye to the younger me that I've grown so fond of and I'll miss her and I'll cherish her. But at the same time, like she would be so excited to know that she comes all along this way, you know, and kind of like big bang, like when, you know, GD was doing that little rap in 2002, in the YG family, like song, like, would he have known that he would, is, is he like a brand ambassador for Chanel or anyway? And so like, how would he have known? 20 years know? later, where, where does your life take you? Yeah. 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 You just never know. T.O.P. becoming like this up and coming art collector. I think GD too. Um, and all of that, like who would have, who would have known? Um, and so I think, especially for like younger folks and, I saw this a lot when I was um, a grad graduate student instructor at, at Cal uh, with a lot of undergrads and just a lot of uncertainty around like, I had one student got like a C on her epi exam and she was like, I was going to apply for MPH's master's in public health uh, degree uh, and MPH and epi, but now I can't, huh? Because of this midterm grade. And I was like, what? <laughs> But, you know, in that moment, it just feels so big. In that moment, it feels like such a huge fuck up. And, like, you were, like, the way you imagined your future, like, this one blemish, like, ruined it all, you know. But it's, like, time will pass. And inevitably, like, even that C on your, like, first midterm will turn into something else. Or maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. Maybe, like, it serves no purpose. But, like, even then, like... Time will pass, the seasons will change, and we'll come back to spring, where Tang will once again sing so beautifully and melodically to start off the year. So I'll let you interpret that how you will, but that's just kind of what's been in my mind a lot and kind of what made me really emotional about the song when I first heard it, and just a lot of the feelings I've been having. Yeah. Oh, that was, that yeah. was beautiful. Um, yeah, we are not defined by any one singular moment in time. We are That's the sum right. of our parts and our histories, past, present, and future. And Michelle, Moonju Choi, it was a pleasure to experience this past, present, and future of our K-pop and life experiences with Big Bang. Um, kind of amazing. We went into a number of directions. I let you just go because uh, I've known you for... Well, 50 years now so i uh, kind of know your rhythm pushing 60 pushing 60. 60 yeah we're getting there mm -hmm. um well, 60 so that makes us closer to 120 if math is correct i don't have the phd i don't know these things so you're gonna have to help me um i'll i'll run those calculations and get back to you yeah you're good with numbers with uh data analytics etc etc 
Um, okay. But yes, this was amazing. Um, yeah, we, we you, you killed it. And I honestly am very appreciative and grateful for having you on, having you in my life and going down all of the different directions and roads that led us here to Big Bang. So, uh, yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks, uh, thanks for the chat. Of course. Had a great course. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, soon to be um, PhD person. In epidemiology, um, literary genius, uh, anime weeb, her entire life, Michelle Moonji Choi again, amazing human being. All right, uh, let's sign out, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Soju Sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-pop podcast Discord. For Moonju, or Michelle. I'm Crispy, and this has been the Soju Sessions. <laughs> <laughs>